Welcome to Moola Wisdom Series on the Moola Talks podcast with myself, Meeta Gupta and my guest, co-host Jermina. On this podcast, we talk everything Moola from mindset to management to investing of it for a secured and comfortable life that you can enjoy today and in the future. With loads of real life experiences and lessons learned, this is the Moola Wisdom Series brought to you by Moola for Women a financial literacy and empowerment community for women that makes finance simple, fun and easy to understand irrespective of your age, background and geography. And now let's get started. Hey everyone and we are here again with Mula Wisdom. And again we have Jamina with us and the topic for today is money dates or money conversations. So welcome, Jamina. It's really an honor and a delight to have you. And uh, let's talk about what is money date and why is it important? Hi, Mita. Uh, lovely being back here and continuing our conversations. I'm hoping women are listening and getting encouraged. A money date is something you can go with yourself, with your friend, with your spouse or with your parent. How lovely. I love the the fact that you said with yourself also. And that's really beautiful. Yes, so true. I think that's very crucial. And that's actually the crux of our whole conversation series, right? And what you do on a money date is you select your place, you select the time where you're comfortable, where you can be yourself. So I would not suggest a public space. And also be very clear that you are going to be discussing money. The money that is earned, the money that is saved. Where is the money saved? What is it being saved for? And what is one really looking forward? I think it's a very crucial aspect. One assumes that in day-to-day conversations, especially between couples, or you know, in the case of single women who are still with their parents, one assumes that everybody knows. The reality is it doesn't happen as planned out. It becomes, I would say, in a way, even a bookkeeping kind of a task where perhaps you actually discuss what each person is earning, how much are they saving, where are they saving, with total transparency. And uh, of course, also openness. It's very easy to turn around and find fault saying, Apne yaha dala, apne ye but you know, to avoid those. And it's about talking where the couple is really headed or where you as an individual or family are headed. It could be starting to make down payment corpus for the apartment you all want to buy. It could be for, you know, your child, your future child and his or her education. It could also be about the vacation you want to do three years from now. It could also be about the upgrade you want to give your existing house. Or it could just be, I mean, retirement, of course, becomes a very important aspect of it. And because if people start in their 20s and 30s, and I'm really hoping people are doing that, there are enough signs to show that is happening. But if women are doing that, it will be really great. Is to really plan out your future. Can you really put the many things you need to do in the next 20, 30 years in your list and prioritize how you're doing? When I started my money journey 30 years back, it was very limited, you know, because income was less. There were other elements like I am part of what is called the sandwich generation. And why we are called so? Because uh, we had parents, typical middle class parents before India boomed, limited income and probably almost 90-95% expenses and which is where they had limited savings. 
And as they retired and had no income, it fell on us to support them financially. At the same time, we were this generation who was earning better than our parents and who also didn't want to be dependent on their children like their parents were. And which is where we were also simultaneously saving for our children, be it their education or anything else. And at the same time, we were running our house and fulfilling our dreams and ambitions, whether it was buying our house, planning those vacations, and of course, for retirement, because remember I said we didn't want to depend on our children, and which is where we became the sandwich generation. The generation which was supporting the generation before and after them. And that put a lot of burden on us. But over the few years, as you maintain consistency in your investment, keep those goals in mind, it became easier. And it also became, at one point, you perhaps had too many types of investment. You had multiple mutual funds, multiple bank accounts. You switched jobs. The company made you take a different salary account. Uh, you had multiple policies. And at some point, you realize it's all not gathered at one place. So I think one of the conversations that to have in the money date is really bookkeeping of your finances. Put everything in order. Uh, let the person who needs to know immediately next to you, whether it's your parent or whether it's your spouse, know where the th things are. Designate a place in your house where these things are kept for quick and easy access. I mean, you could be just saving for a vacation, but God forbid somebody meets with a terrible accident. You have the money and you're not able to access it. How terrible could that be? You have a medical insurance, but you don't know where that insurance is. How do you really, you know, manage the situation? And that's where me, the money did becomes crucial. 100%. 100%. So, so tell me, Jamina, from your own experience, then now that you've said that, you know, money conversations are important or money talks are important. So you also, in, in the last episode, talked about you had these um, money conversations earlier with your own dad to say that, listen, I'm not saving for your such and such things. I'm going to be taking care of your education, but the rest you have to do. But those are conversations which you've had as a kid about money. How did you, as you went through your, your, your journey in life, whether it was, you know, when you got married, whether it's your, with your kids, how have these money talks happened in your family? Is there a particular spot? Is there a particular time? How do you go about so, like I said, at one particular time, we had invested in a house. The EMI was literally taking one salary. The other salary was running the house. After some time, I kind of got angsty and said, you know, our child is growing up. Before we know, he would be grown up. I can't wait for the home loan to finish to do the investment. So I started making small amounts. I literally began at 1,000 rupees a month almost oh, 20 years back to save for my son's education. And I continued investing in it. And... After some time, my husband saw that and he said, hey, I will also give you money for the same thing. So actually, for the first three years of our investment journey, and I know it may not be so common, it was I who was making the decision of where to invest and was managing it at a family level. So we're here to ask you, like, I mean, obviously, it's very uncommon to say that, okay, you are the one who started the investment journey and your husband probably followed after looking at you. So did you have money conversations or money talks in those earlier three years with your husband? Was he open to it? Or was it which came out of his own initiative that he uh, came and said that, yes, I also want to be a part of this whole thing? Or is it something which you brought on as a discipline in your family to say that, no, it's important to have money conversations. Let's have it once a week, once a month. Was it 
structured? Was it unstructured? Was it, oh, it was open at any point we would just talk about money. How did it happen in your family? And how did it begin? I mean, I think what is important for all our listeners and our audience to also understand, because it's a very sensitive topic. Money conversations are very, very sensitive. And so to pull somebody if they're not ready for it is the most impossible thing to do. So then how was it? Was it because he was ready at that point in time, your husband, and that's why it was easier for you to have that conversation? Or was it because you thought it was important and you made a discipline for everybody to join in a conversation like that? I think the initial conversation was fairly organic because when we decided to invest in a house, and like I said, you know, part of the down payment came from me and that first investment, which had grown to a bit by the time we invested our house. Then I realized after three years of home loan paying, and like I said, you know, as the income grew, I realized I was used to spending a particular amount. Then I was getting a bit more. And my immediate thing was that let me start saving for my son because the initial thing was we'll first pay off the house loans. I wouldn't say he completely agreed to it, but I said, no, I need to do this also. And I started that. And I think after a year or two, and this is the beauty about staying invested. When you see that statement after a year or two, it definitely with growth looks a lot different than you thought it will. And he was like, okay, this is good now. Even I will give you a little bit more. So you add to that same investment for my son's education. And we started doing that. And for three years, we were managing. And I would, of course, I felt it was important for him to know where his money was going. And we never had difficulties with those conversations. So I would regularly show. Those were also snail mail days. So, you know, you got a monthly or a quarterly statement, which he could also open and see. After some point, happy to say that the amount we were investing was growing. And I was also actively reading a lot on finance and investments. So it came my knowledge. And at one point I said, okay, now we need to really go to a professional. You are investing one, two, three thousand a month. You can take your own decisions. But is a financial guy going to give you better advice, do it better? And we spoke to a couple of people and then we started consolidating because now we wanted to be more focused. I think three years of paying home loans, another two, three years of paying home loan and also investing at the side gave us the confidence that we could continue doing more of it and actually set aside goals. I can just recapsulate what you said because I think it's so beautiful for our viewers. The first thing you said was transparency. I mean, and I would question that to myself and to the viewers that being a woman, you were transparent and your husband saw the benefit of that and chipped in by saying that, okay, I'll add to it. If it was the reverse way, I'm not so sure whether every man is so transparent. And even if every man is transparent, is the wife forthcoming to add on to that whole thing? Or is she just a passive uh, taker or something like that? So that, that's something which is very beautiful. So I love the fact, you know, you said that transparency is important. The second thing which I kind of understood was that at some point, because you're aligned, you could go to a advisor and say, okay, can we now start looking at consolidating our finances and growing them in a proper structured manner for the benefit of the goals that we're wanting to achieve? I think that's again, because you're aligned. So that alignment between the two of you made it easier for you to take steps towards your financial goals or objectives that you were wanting to achieve, whether it was your kid's education or whether it was paying off your home loan. So I think those were very, very important things which came pretty easily to you as a family. And because of which yes. probably you didn't even realize that it's something. For, and because I am at Mula and I see meet a lot of women, I see that these are exactly the challenges 
which women face. One, it could be that they shy away from it because they feel they don't know. Okay. Second, they may be uh, safe in a complacent situation where they say that why do I need, I'm in a happy situation, why do I need to rock the boat or why do I need to exert myself or do anything where well, I, I'm being taken care of. So they don't even try to have these conversations, even if I know that there are a lot of husbands who want their wives to have that conversation with Absolutely. them. Absolutely. But they're not ready for it or they don't want to do it, right? Because the sheer lack of that, uh, I mean, I don't need to really get into it. But I think, and what you said is that it's really important to have a seat at the table. And to have a seat at the table means that you need to have knowledge. Otherwise, people will dismiss us, right? As And especially I talk because, uh, again, for women that... Don't be just passive people who are just taking in information or just depending on your husband or somebody or spouse and saying, you know, you'll be taken care of. I think it's very important that we conversation ka part conversation. And I mean, I think, it, Jamina, I think it's awesome to have somebody like you who becomes like a role model for so many women out here to say ki it's not impossible, right? It's something which is very easy and it can be done organically. One step at a time and slowly we as a family start having conversations, right? About such things. So that's super beautiful. Yes. And then, then you brought up the thing of documents being important, right? So that you need to put your things in place. You need to be, your awareness has to be there. Would you want to talk about that by having these conversations early in time, did it make a difference in your how you felt about it in terms of your feeling of security, in terms of how you felt that you will be able to overcome life challenges and be able to, because life can throw challenges at any point in time. Did it strengthen you internally and how was your feeling because of the fact that you felt that you are in control of not only your finances, but as a family, you were control, in control of the family? I think it definitely did. And I think I must add over here that uh, it was not just me, but it's even my husband who I think is a role model in how to be transparent. And I think you're very right. A lot of my male friends say that they want to discuss this with their wives. When I tell my friends that aren't you discussing this with your husbands and they say, understand it. It's not rocket science. Only rocket science is rocket science. What is important in this whole uh, documentation and keeping it right is, I think it also helps you know how many you have. I mean, when I first started doing it, I was surprised that over the years, how things had got scattered. When you start your career, if you shift jobs, a bank account is open. Sometimes that bank account comes and says, Madam, ye investment karlo. another bank account comes and your accountant will get you my initial investments for probably for tax reasons because I didn't have enough surplus. And once it's this broker, next time it's somebody's uncle, somebody's sister, you keep doing that. But when you start writing down, you realize you have a lot. Sometimes you also realize you have forgotten some stuff. Yeah? Which is uh, where it becomes important to keep the documents in place. I think today everything has got digitized. So are you having one email ID and one mobile number where all of this is recorded. So at least digital stuff keeps coming. You know, when it was snail mail, it was, I think, better to monitor. Oh, ye wala bhi mature ho gaya hai mujhe, you know, bank se redeem karna hai. Today, if you've not recorded the right email or you're not accessing that email regularly, you may miss it. So it's even important from your day-to-day -day because you may have put a particular investment, a bond or something, and it's matured. And one year it's lying without interest and without your knowledge. So it's also not just a day-to-day. -day. And 
God forbid, if something which you don't want happens, happens to you or your family, you know where to reach for those finances. You may have saved for a goal. And what if you can't reach because you don't know where it is? Because you don't know how to redeem. Things like nominations become important. I would say when you make your file, Excel file, don't just put your bank name, bank account number. Also put the nomination details. When I, I was you are updating a life those. insurance guy, a person who you know deals in life insurance, and he was saying that uh, there are so many insurances which are unclaimed. There's so many bank accounts which are unclaimed because people have Absolutely. no clue. And I think it's so important that when the, especially when the going is good, when you're in a stable state of affairs, to have that conversation around money because that's the time you're not in your vulnerable state, right? And that's the time when you have that conversation, you know how deep are you in the ocean or how safe you are, right? Because I think, you know, you can gauge that and, and you're able to have that conversation and say, okay, am I in a secure spot or am I not in a secure spot? Because, I mean, I see in a lot of families that Husbands have taken a loan. Wives are absolutely oblivious about it. And oh, yes. God forbid uh, the husband passes away. And uh, suppose you there's a life insurance uh, which the husband has left. And uh, the wife has no clue that the, the, the husband had taken a home loan. And now the entire money, which is the life insurance money, goes towards settlement of the home loan. Otherwise, they lose the home. So there's so many such instances which happen because of a lack of awareness and because this conversation doesn't happen between the husband and wife, right? So it's so important, so important to have a money conversation and money talks early on in life for everyone. And and how do you think about financial security of women? Why I talk about this, Jermina, is because you see that a lot of women leave their careers when kids happen, right? And so at that time, they start depending on their husband to take care of their them, them and their finances. And they don't even try and have these conversations. Do you think it's important? And from your perspective, you've always been working. You've always had an income of your own. What about women who stop having a job and, and kind of start taking care of the family, their kids and all? Should they be financially secure? And how can they ask their husbands and demand, if I may say so, that they be financially secure? What are your thoughts around that? I think the fact that woman decides to step out of the workforce, stop working because of whatever family reasons, is enough reason to say that she has given up for the family and that is where the family has to really support her. Right. If she's not doing that, then I think she's not getting her due. Thankfully, the younger generation is more woke in that respect. Thankfully, there is more awareness. And I think the younger generation, it goes both ways, the men and the women, where even the men realize that the women are giving up a career and you know they're taking up these responsibilities and they are supportive. I think it's important to continue the money conversations there. And just because you are no longer contributing to the income or to the family savings doesn't mean the woman stops deciding or be a co-decision maker with her husband on where it's going. Because I don't think as a family, your goals are changing. You're still working towards that home or home loan. You're working towards your child's education. Absolutely. In fact, I would say that you should probably even ask for some investments still to continue in your name. We know being a housewife or, you know, looking after the family is an unpaid job. I'm not saying have a conversation about a salary, but I'm just saying get your due. Be very clear. And of course, that's also another reason that when you start earning, you keep your savings from day one. You know, you may want to have that financial luxury. You may want to have that financial flex. So money gives us wings in many ways than we can think of. And which is where we need to 
save it, earn it, invest it and jointly discuss it. Definitely. 100%. So well said and especially, I mean, I've seen so many women who've given up their careers and come to mid 40s for some reason that they've had a split in their marriage and the woman is not earning. Suddenly she has no source of money. She's like fighting to get her rights from the same family. She's even saddled with her kids because of this whole, uh, again, patriarchal setup where the wife or the, or the mother will be always uh, in charge of the kids. And with zero money, now she's at a stage where she cannot get a job. She has no financial security because everything is in her husband's name. And she has to beg, borrow to take care of her own rest of her life. And so I think having these money conversations early, and I would even say having prenup agreements are not bad. What do you think about prenup agreements? Right, because I mean, it defines the rights of a woman early on in life. That if you've spent so many years together, how will money be distributed between the two partners? I think it also becomes important because law, unfortunately, in India is not favorable to women on a lot of counts. It was set up probably by the British and in the early years when society was very different. Take, for example, a simple thing like a Hindu male dying without a will. The immediate heirs become his parents, his wife and his children in equal share. Okay? No issues with that. The problem is a woman, a Hindu woman passes away. Her income or her wealth is left only for her spouse and children. Why not her parents? You could die in your 30s and you know, your parents who are hoping that you would look after them suddenly lose their cover. And that is not what you wanted. You had probably saved for them. So, you know, these kind of inequalities are there in many, many ways. Thankfully, now courts have taken cognizance and today at least male and female children have equal rights. Even that has been a fight and a struggle. And even after that, you still see parents using bills as a way to discriminate even if the law says it's equal. So uncertainties are many and especially for the women unfortunately the bias is in the incorrect areas and which is where we probably need to save more we probably need to be more aware and we probably need to be more in control so i would really urge women to also look at those aspects not discover them when the unfortunate incidents happen i think that's very important so well said so i think our conversation today has been again very, very enriching and very, very interesting. And thank you for bringing all those perspectives from your own life and your rich experience that you shared. So money is not a taboo topic, right? Let's all get it on the ground that money is not a taboo topic. Let's Absolutely all, not. Let's start talking money because it's we need money from the day we are born till the day we die. And yet such an important aspect of our life, we keep silent about it. And then... As women feel fearful, feel anxious, feel scared that what if will something happens in our life, let's start talking money. And I mean, I, I read a very beautiful quote, which I would love to use to uh, sum up to say that money is an opportunity to reach unity in marriage. When couples work together, they can do anything. So I think, isn't that beautiful that let's work together? You know, we've kind of come as a family. We've got married. Let's have our financial goals and kind of try and achieve them together. I think it should never be me versus you in a, in a relationship. It should always be me and you. And the moment you bring it together, life becomes so much more beautiful. And I think money conversations are a huge part of making life beautiful. 
So thank you, Jermina, for your beautiful, beautiful perspective on this topic. And we will engage with each other for our next conversation. And until then, thank you so much, viewers, for being here today. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you found value in today's conversation. And if you are ready to do something about taking charge of your finances today, then feel free to drop us a DM on Instagram or visit us on our website www.moolaforwomen.com. Remember to follow this podcast and join us in the next episode as we talk about creating happy money, making fun goals with your money and getting smart about indulging a little with money. So tune in next week to Moolah Talks podcast and remember to follow us on your podcast app and on Instagram at Moolah for Women. This is your host Meeta Gupta signing off.